Hey everybody, Monday, 13th of September. <clears throat> well, September's about halfway gone. Um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit here about things that's going on here on this Monday morning. A lot of ag news, a lot of ag news. Uh, the first thing I want to start with is the Russia tax on their grain exports. And I, I think I'm going to dig into this a little bit more and get into everything and, and all, all, the, all the implications of it. But just remember that the Russian government's trying to keep their prices low for their consumers. And they've risen the tax for like the, uh, I don't know, the ninth week in a row that they've made a higher tax. They, they keep cranking it up. Their exports are down 25%, but starting to hear too that the Russian farmers may not expand their planted acres as much as they were earlier or any at all. And, you know, high prices cure high prices, low prices cure low prices. And I get it that Putin, you know, the price of bread in Russia is a very political thing. It's, it's, uh, Putin gets a lot of his support from the old communists, from the retired uh, communist party members, from people who got their jobs and remember the communists. And Putin gets a lot of his support from them. And, and they're on a fixed income and the price of food, I get that. But... Uh, Russia's going to work their way out. You know, Ukraine's going to crank up their uh, grain production, and I'm guessing that countries, you know, Moldova, Hungary, Poland, you know, those kind of countries east of Ukraine are going to do everything they can with these higher grain prices to get every bit out the door that they can. Kazakhstan's probably going to, you know, try to do everything. But Russia, with this export tax kind of an outlier and it's going to be interesting to see how this works out and like i said um we will um we'll we'll talk more about this in 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 the future but uh it's something to keep your eye on also you know don't don't think that the crazies here won't grab if we get if we have a let's say we have a huge run-up in grain prices let's say the harvest ends up not being as much as we thought or there's a bunch more export business or whatever, or there's a, a grain stocks here in September surprise everybody. Hmm, there's not as much as we thought, which has happened the last two years, by the way. And I don't know if it's going to be three in a row or not. Um, and, and we get a sustained grain rally into like next spring, because if you would happen to have the El Nino, you know, kind of screw up South America again, and they have problems, we could have a weather market over the wintertime and peak out again in May, like we did this last year. Who knows what the the quote unquote, as I call the crazy communists that are in charge of part of the government in the United States anymore would do, and they would maybe look to this Russia example of how to do things. Uh, quick mention on New Orleans: from what I understand, three of the export uh, elevators are operating right now. More expected to be operating pretty quick. Uh, there's at least one that's going to be down for a while. <clears throat> they pushed some business to like Houston and other ports. Uh, uh, I think CHS has got some stuff going out the Pacific Northwest, <clears throat> but that'll that'll figure it out. Harvest pressure's happening, um, and, and there's some beans around here that's getting close. I've been surprised in the last few days, and a lot of corn being shelled in my neighborhood, right in the center part of Illinois, which would be in. You know, the the center part of the eastern Corn Belt here um, used to say it was the center part of the Corn Belt, but the Corn Belt's gone so far north and west, we're no longer the center of the Corn Belt. Well, we're, we're at least the center west of the east, 
And boy, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? The center west to the east, but that gives you a little geography. A lot of harvest pressure, a lot of corn, and we're going to get back into the 90s next weekend. We're going to we're going to be warm the next couple days, going to cool off, but then get back into the 90s next weekend. A lot of this corn's drying down real quick. A lot of it's dying off. The 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 hot temperatures along with the foliar leaf diseases is uh, rapidly maturing this crop. Crops maturing real fast, which is not <clears throat> beneficial to a tremendous yield. <clears throat> now, are we taking one percent off? I don't know. If we take if you take one percent off the yield on a two hundred bushel yield though uh you know you're talking two bushels doesn't sound like much but you take two bushels off across the entire united states yield and i'm not saying that's going to happen but it is going to be it is going to be warm across the entire corn belt um that 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 changes this yield outlook uh, completely now uh doesn't amount much to you grain guys but it does to the cattle producers and eventually it's going to come back to affect feed grain usage, and especially ethanol byproducts. There's a fire at the JB, JBS processing plant over the weekend. Um, <clears throat> I'll probably have more to say about that tomorrow. There'll be more out there. I guess it was back in like their tallow fat uh, grease area. Um, <clears throat> supposedly no workers were hurt, no firefighters were hurt, and they got the thing under control. But once again, um, we are we are very dependent in the livestock industry on very few plants. They're these huge mega plants that process livestock. Now, there used to be a processing plant everywhere and anywhere, and a lot of people did not want them in their backyards. So you find some place that will tolerate you or you're big enough that you could kind of own that area, for lack of a better word. And you put up a mega plant, and you have the mega plant going. But if something happens at that mega plant, you're now talking a tremendous amount, a tremendous amount of capacity offline. So I look for cattle prices to crash, uh, box meat values to go up. Uh, it's it's going to be a crazy time out there in this cattle market probably the next few days, maybe, maybe for the, a week. Just see how much damage is done, if it's going to slow down the plant or not. If it's not going to slow down the plant, then it'll quickly come around. But I haven't even looked at cattle futures this morning because I don't even want to look at cattle futures this morning. But I can tell you this much. Uh, the boss doing what she's doing with the meat business and some of the other stuff, we've somewhat tried to unhook ourselves from depending on the actual cash market of... Uh, livestock. And I can tell you, the, the big processors, they sell boxed beef. And they contract a lot of these cattle, so they really don't care what the price of live cattle is. They care what the price of a box of meat is. Because what are they selling? They're selling a box of meat. And I think that's the mindset that we got to approach this thing in the cattle industry. Uh, we're just trying to find a way to do it where we're not depending on live cattle prices and dependent on four huge mega packers uh, one owned by the Brazilians, one owned by the Chinese, by the way. So you're only 50% of the capacities U.S. owned anyway. Uh, and that's kind of what's running this cattle market right now. But yeah, we'll see how this fire at the JBS plant works out and what it does to the cattle markets and what it does to the boxed beef market. Um, yeah, the price of live cattle will go down and the price of your meat will go up at the supermarket. Okay. One last thing, 
Um, I, I read some of these reports that these CEOs put out on their annual income statements. And no, I'm not a big stock market guru. I'm not a big uh, trader of stock market futures or anything. Uh, I, I just kind of see what their comments are because their comments tend to kind of tell you what's going on in the world overall. And I, don't, I, I think it was Dollar Tree. Is Dollar Tree Dollar General? One, one of those two CEOs, Dollar Tree, uh, talked about in their annual report that they had a chartered ship that they were sending over to like China to pick up stuff. And this, you know, they chartered the ship so they could get the stuff and get it back here to the United States. Well, one crew member. Now, I don't know how many, I don't know if there's 20 people on that ship or 30 people, 40 people, but one crew member tested positive for COVID and it was a two-month wait on that ship. So, you know, this just-in-time delivery is not just-in-time anymore with this COVID craziness. You know, one positive crew member and this Chinese port wouldn't let them, wouldn't let them pull up. So now they had a two-month wait on this ship. Of course, it's not cheap maintaining these ships sitting out, you know, off a port at anchor or drifting. I get a kick out of it. I, I follow tanker trackers. And, and some of these ships, they just, you know, I'll shut the engines off. We'll just drift out here for a little bit. We'll see where we go. Uh, we're not doing anything else. We're just hanging out. And, and the thing is, you got to remember, when that ship couldn't pick up the goods when they wanted to, that means their schedule at a port for unloading goods is not going to get made. Uh, so they're going to be traveling, you know, across the ocean at a different time. And you got to line up bunker fuel and, and all this other kind of stuff. And, you know, always before, you know, they knew we were going to be in port at this day to pick up. Then it's going to be so many days back across the ocean. We're going to be at this port to deliver and unload. And the port, when you delivered and unload, you could have semi-trucks waiting for it, rail cars, whatever. All that logistics now is kind of, well, we'll be there whenever we get there. And that's not good and predictable. And that increases costs to everybody. And, and you, know who, you know who pays that freight, don't you, at the end of the day? A lot of times it's people in our industries, the farmers. You know, was it Eisenhower or Kennedy talked about farmers, you know, that they, they buy at retail, sell at wholesale, and pay the freight both ways. Well, we're, we're paying the freight here. And, and I think that's part of the reason, too, we got some of these prices that we have. It's not just, it's not just elevators screwed up in New Orleans. It's the whole supply chain screw up. And, oh, by the way, that's probably going to affect parts deliveries that we're going to get. You know, I'm, I'm hearing now that some implement companies are, are flying these parts across the ocean now. We're not shipping them. We're flying them. And that's going to add, I mean, talk about doubling your repair costs on something. There you go. Well, hey, Monday morning, I'm, I'm, I'm not really bitching here. Just trying to keep you informed as to what's going on and what's happening out there in the world. Uh, and like I said, read those, read what those CEOs say and try to, they're, they're trying to explain and trying to tell the shareholders what's happening. And probably long term, it's not good for stock price either to not be able to get stuff shipped in a timely manner, in an efficient manner. You know, this just-in-time delivery stuff, uh, probably time to build more warehouses and store stuff up. Or on the end consumer side, and I know, you know, people say, oh, you don't want to hoard stuff. You don't want... 
you know, if you got a chance to buy it, instead of buying one, you may want to just buy two. And I know that makes shortages for everybody else. But, you know, that's, we're far enough away sometimes, and, and, and the boss gets mad at me because I got a collection, and then, of course, you never have what you need the next time, or you can't find it. But a lot of times when I need a bolt, I'll get two bolts. So then I got a bolt for the next time. But you'd be surprised how many times I got a bolt that'll fix what I need to fix when I do the two-bolt method of buying something or getting repairs. Well, and, and the cost of some of these repairs, you can't grab two of them. I get it. Or, or they're specific, but, you know, common, ordinary use stuff, that's maybe what we're going to have to be down to. We're going to have to keep our own little supply shops. Well, hey, smartest awnings in agriculture, Monday morning. Uh, going to get started harvesting, hopefully, this week. Going to shell some corn. Um, talk to everybody tomorrow. Really.